Welcome to episode 9 of Staring into the Light where Pratik, Adan and I Prashant take the questions you ask us and go down the different paths they lead to. One question asked by Akul Jindal of grade 9 is there a fun way to learn about states of matter pushed us so far we decided to make a second episode. Do check out episode 4 of our series called A Matter of Matter First. We revisit this question and look at the different states of matter and how humans have tamed them to get what they want. From storage to locomotion to deserts, we look at how the human understanding of matter and its properties has got us this far down the path of civilization. The classification of matter into one of three states, solid, liquid or gas, is a convenient way in lower levels to identify when substances change state. That is melt boil evaporate or freeze however because this is a simple system of classification and the structure of matter is complex it is not without difficulties many substances cannot be classified easily and many not at all for example hair gel toothpaste mayonnaise play-doh and oobleck provide fuzzy examples which resist easy classification a change in temperature can cause a substance to change state However, this may also be achieved by a change in pressure. Some substances like butter and chocolate are much more difficult to describe because they soften over a range of temperatures compared with melting at a single point. Gels, colloids, immersions and many other substances defy simple classification because they contain mixtures of substances in different states over a range of temperatures. So, Things have a range of temperatures within which they are in a certain state. We do not observe frozen carbon dioxide, which is dry ice in a liquid state. Carbon dioxide changes from a frozen solid to a gas without appearing to form pools of liquid. This is because it requires a pressure of approximately 60 times normal atmospheric pressure to remain in the liquid state. Students can consider that as it melts from a solid to a liquid it instantly boils to form a gas. Naphthalene is another substance which also sublimes at room temperature. We've had to make things to store things in the state that we want them to be. For example, ice or ice cream needs to be stored at a cool temperature. Iced tea or soda or a cold beverage are best enjoyed when they're cool, but not cool enough that they freeze freeze into ice. Likewise, a steam bath needs to keep the steam warm, but not so hot that it burns you. It turns out when we figured how to get steam to make things move for us, it revolutionized our world. Steam, simply put, is just water in the gas phase. When you raise the temperature of water, it slowly starts to evaporate, creating steam. The trick here is the longer you heat the water, the more the steam generated, and that means lots of pressure starts to build up. Have you ever noticed how steam can literally blow the lid off a vessel that has a cover on it? And it's that exact nature of steam our ancestors used to create the steam engine, which was the first engine of its kind. They used the pressure that steam comes with to push at a combination of gears which eventually pushes the wheels of a steam engine train. This genius technique was also used in several other places like cars, planes, submarines and even turbines. Isn't that fascinating that by learning how to contain and release pressure we deciphered how to get machines moving. Now once we realized that containing a gas inside a chamber increases the pressure enough to get an entire train moving we started to explore 
what several other liquids could do when they are made to change their state. And one of those liquids was gasoline. Since gasoline, which is also known as petrol, is highly flammable, all I would need to do is place it inside a chamber, press it as much as possible further into that chamber so that there's almost no empty space around it, and then ignite it. Yep, you imagine that pretty well. It'll create a small burst of energy that'll push everything away with a lot of force. And that is how an internal combustion engine works, which is more or less how pretty much every automobile you see around you also works. Try explaining that to your parents when you're in the car with them next time. If you give it a thought, the physics behind using a burst of energy comes from an exploding gas or solid is also what happens when we celebrate Diwali using crackers. Firecrackers are stuffed with explosive powders and packed tightly so that when they're lit, there's a rapid chemical reaction that builds the pressure up to make it burst with a loud bang. That's actually not so loud a bang if you compared it to the one that got dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. But the thing is, they both function based on the amount of pressure that could be generated. Our knowledge of how pressure can be created by manipulating different states of matter is also why we humans have become so successful at what we do. Let's look at the nature of another state of matter that might get you drooling all over your t-shirt. Yep, as a matter of fact, I'm drooling just thinking about it right now. Indians apparently consumed over 200 million litres of the street just this year. I'm talking, of course, about our favourite dessert, ice cream. Apparently, ice cream is so complex that scientists are divided on what to call it. An emulsion, a foam, a colloid. Ice cream is all these things, says Douglas Goff, a physical chemist at the University of Guelph in Ontario. It is a composite structure of water ice crystals, air bubbles and milk fat globules suspended in an unfrozen serum containing sugar, flavouring, milk proteins and sometimes less appetising additives. Ice creams are produced in equally fancy-sounding equipment that scientists call the scraped surface heat exchangers. In the home freezer, you pour the liquid mix of ingredients into a cylindrical container that sits in a barrel full of ice and rock salt. The salt makes the ice melt at a temperature low enough to freeze the ice cream. As the ice crystals form on the inside wall of the container, you scrape them off and into the liquid with a hand-cranked metal dasher. Hence the name, scraped surface heat exchanger. Adding salt to ice for ice cream was a technique discovered by Augustus Jackson in 1832. And the first hand-powered ice cream maker was patented in 1843 by Nancy Donaldson of Philadelphia. The machines we use at home today are derivatives of these two very important innovations. As the goo thickens, water freezes out of it and gets foamier as the dasher beats air into it. Commercial ice creams are anywhere from 20% air these are super premium ice creams, to 50% air, not so premium ice creams. The home process takes about half an hour and the result is a slurry. An industrial freezer does the job in 30 seconds using liquid ammonia or freon at negative 27 degrees Fahrenheit and the result is still soft. At home, you harden the ice cream by sticking it into the freezer. What scientists battle to get to the perfect ice cream is called heat shock. It is a subtle damage that comes long before complete meltdown. With each heat shock, small ice crystals melt, small air bubbles consolidate, and water and air molecules migrate through the serum. Back in the freezer, they attach themselves to the bigger crystals and bubbles, which thus grow bigger in size. 
Pretty soon, you're feeling the grainy ice crystals or even looking at a layer of frost. Well, Eric Windhab, a food process engineer from Zurich, Switzerland, seems to have figured out a solution for this perfect ice cream. In Windhab's ice cream freezer, the mix is pumped into a space less than an inch thick along the walls of the freezer barrel. There, instead of being scraped and whipped by the blades of a furious dasher, the serum is methodically kneaded and churned between the threads of two large parallel screws, rotating at no more than 15 rotations per minute. Because the screws add so little heat, the ice cream is extruded at the other end at a temperature of around 5 degrees, fully frozen with no need for hardening, and yet still plastic. The extruded ice cream starts out with a microstructure so small, so fine, says Windhab, that it can resist heat shock for several months longer than its conventional competitors. <laughs> well, we're at the end of the episode here, and from what we learned, both ICE, the ICE, in ice creams and internal combustion engines work on the principle of converting one state of matter into another deliberately in a controlled manner to give us the desired effect. The next time you sit in a car and you hear the engine start, make sure to grab your favorite flavor of ice cream and think about how these two are the result of humans understanding and controlling of the different states of matter. Until next time, keep your 3Hs strong, functioning heads, empathetic hearts and skillful hands. See you soon. Hey kids, thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share this podcast with all your friends and family. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any comments or questions, email them to us at makerspace at the rate Bye.